Welcome to the second episode of the 1796 Podcast, a monthly podcast that features exclusive interviews and in-depth news about the Tennessee National Guard and the Tennessee Military Department. The 1796 Podcast is produced every month by the Airmen and Soldiers of the Tennessee National Guard Joint Public Affairs Office. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Malone. And I'm Captain Hall, your co-hosts of the 1796 Podcast. On today's podcast, we will be hearing from the 118th Operations Group Commander, Colonel Ted Geasley, on the incredible mission of the 118th. We'll also hear from Colonel Jimmy Reed, the Joint Chief of Staff for the Tennessee National Guard. Colonel Reed will share an update about the Tennessee National Guard partnership with the Scouts from Merritt Badge University. And of course, we'll brief you on the latest and most important news impacting the Tennessee National Guard in our Tennessee Bluff News segment. We are thrilled to welcome Colonel Ted Geasley to the podcast. Colonel Geasley, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Well, thank you for having me. First off, tell us a little bit about yourself and why did you join the military? Sure, absolutely. Uh, I think I just had kind of a standard, you know, little boy dream of being a pilot. Uh, Posters on the wall, models hanging from the ceiling kind of thing. And uh, uh, went for it when I was, uh, after I had graduated from college. Uh, joined active duty to begin with out of ROTC. Um, did that for about 10 years and then uh, you know it was a great opportunity to, uh, to move back home to join the Guard. I had an older brother who was uh, in the Guard here at the 118th uh, who's now retired and uh, you know kind of encouraged me to come back home and so I did that back in 2005 and I've been a member of the, of the Tennessee International Guard since then. C-130s till 2012 and then in 2012 made the transition over to the MQ-9. And been here ever since. That's awesome. Great. Thank you for that. Now we're going to transition over to the mission of the 118th. Tell us a little about the MQ-9 remotely piloted aircraft. I mean, a lot of people know it's a drone. I know you won't probably correct me on that, um, but but they may not know much else about the MQ-9. Uh, what can you tell us about it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of made the, the mention about the word drone. We're, we're, we've gotten over that a little bit now. That's It's come into the mainstream so much more. There was a while where that term drone made people think of like this, uh, you know, something out of uh, the Terminator movies right. or something, and it was just doing its own thing, you know, and, and that's just obviously, uh, just to, to bring in the fact that, hey, it's being piloted, it's just being piloted remotely. Um, you know, we have a cockpit, we call that a ground control station, a GCS, that's here in Nashville, it's here on the base, uh, through some fiber optics, to some, uh, you know, uh, satellite dishes, to a satellite, to the aircraft, anywhere around the world, that's how we control it. You know, it's a little different from the C-130 days when I sat in the cockpit of the aircraft and flew around with the, with the aircraft. But really, once you get uh, into the mission, you, you sit down, you get yourself fenced in. You know, other than the movements uh, and the, some of the sounds, you know, you kind of get lost in the mission. And it's really not as different. I think after you've done it for a while, it's really not as different as some people think. Um, the main thing we do is, uh, is we watch things. You know, we do intelligence, surveillance, reconnaissance, ISR is our main mission. Uh, the MQ-9 is kind of second generation from the MQ-1. And MQ-1 started out completely unarmed, then went to armed, and then they realized, hey, we need something with a little bit more punch, and, uh, and so that's where the MQ-9 came about. And uh, we are a strike platform as well as an ISR platform. Tell us a little bit about how the MQ-9 is used during emergency operations, emergency management here in the United States versus what it might do overseas or somewhere else. So, 
you know, one of the things that, uh, that I love about being a guardsman is we have a state mission, right? It's not just about the federal. So what we just talked about is really kind of how we operate on the federal side in that combat environment. Uh, right now, I would say our brothers and sisters out in California are really taking the lead. There's been, uh, you know, many years now they have fought uh, California wildfires using the MQ-1 or the MQ-9. So a lot of us are kind of taking the lead from them and the lessons they've learned. But, uh, but you know, the, the idea is if you think about it, um, scenario here in Tennessee, you know, we have tornadoes and we have floods. Um, down in the Gulf and on the Atlantic, they have hurricanes. These are things that happen in the Southeast. Um, we are the most Southern Eastern uh, MQ-9 base. And so when those things happen in the Southeast, we'd really be the primary unit that could really help out. Um, I also spent some time up at the National Guard Bureau uh, working uh, up there. And so when we would have uh, a natural disaster, we would jump into the CAT and we would start, you know, hey, how do we help? One of the first things we always see, you see this, the TAG does this, the governor does this, get them in a helicopter, get them out there, let them, let them put their eyes on what the damage is, where the people are hurting, where they need resources. Well, if you had an MQ-9, you know, I could give you practically, not exactly, but practically 24-7 eyes on, and then the Army guys could come in and do more specific stuff that, that they're better suited than we would be, and obviously putting people actually there and, and, and taking folks to, to the location. But we could give that, you know, that global essay, situational awareness, um, on what's going on on the ground. There's also some very exciting things that Guard members are working on up at the, uh, it's called the Joint Artificial Intelligence Center, the Jake. Um, and what they've been able to do is they've used MQ-9s to video wildfires and use that artificial intelligence to continuously map the edges of those wildfires. They've done it with um, flooding. So now imagine bringing that to Tennessee, you know, bringing that to you know, our brothers and sisters in Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, all around like that. And you can put an MQ-9 up over that and give you know, TEMA, uh, FEMA, all these emergency responders um, you know, real-time uh, assessment. We're very proud, we're very good at what we do on the combat side. That is a 24-7, 365 mission for us which is a little unique for the Guard, um, but we do that here from Home Station. We're very proud of that. We do a really good job. We think that we add to our nation's defense, and, and that's obviously federally what we're here to do, but you know, we're Guardsmen. As we sit here, you can see I, my name tag is even the state flag. You know, that's, that's a thing that's, that's unique to the Guard, and so we're really excited about, uh, and I think that's really close, we're really excited about that uh, future potential of jumping in on that domestic operations side. Colonel Guzzi, that is amazing information, and thank you so much for your time today and sitting down and talking with us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm honored to be here, and uh, thank you for the time. Now, for all the news you need to know in the Tennessee Bluff, Captain Hall. Thank you, Colonel Malone. Up first this month, educators throughout East Tennessee gathered at the Knoxville National Guard's Army Aviation Support Facility to learn about educational benefits the Army National Guard offers in early April. Major General Jeffrey Holmes, Tennessee's Adjutant General, along with Army National Guard recruiters, provided information and answered questions to provide the local community with more detailed information about the Guard. The Tennessee Strong Act was a focus of the presentation. The Strong Act is a program that provides eligible members of the Tennessee National Guard with tuition towards a first bachelor's or master's degree, certificate, or diploma from a vocational or technical school. And in additional news from East Tennessee, the 230th Helicopter Battalion conducted a successful rescue operation for a hiker in duress in the Smoky Mountains. The hiker was successfully transported to the University of Tennessee Medical Center and is recovering.
and in national news impacting the National Guard. The Chief of the National Guard Bureau, General Daniel Hokanson, indicated that the ongoing conflict in Ukraine could prompt additional deployments of Guard members to Europe. According to the National Guard Bureau, there are currently 2,000 Guard troops in Europe. Although most of those troops were already present on the continent prior to the Russian invasion in February. The general's comments came while speaking at the Foundation for Defensive Democracies, a nonpartisan nonprofit researching foreign policy and national security. He said adjutants general are willing to deploy more guardsmen if needed. That's our Tennessee Bluff for this month. Up next, the 1796 podcast sits down with Colonel Jimmy Reed. We are excited to welcome Colonel Jimmy Reed to the podcast. Colonel Reed, we appreciate you joining us today. Hey, thank you, Taylor, for having us here today. Wonderful. Having me here today. Yes, sir. Well, as we get started, tell us a little bit about your background. Why did you join the military and when did you join the military? All right. In uh, 1989, I decided uh, to uh, venture into uh, something different uh, to give me a little discipline uh, and maybe even give some money for college. And uh, so I joined the military, went to basic, went back to college, uh, did AIT, and right after AIT, um, got deployed to Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and uh, had many uh, different experiences uh, throughout my career, that, those 30 years, uh, 30 years I've been in the military, but it's been very uh, rewarding and I've been blessed. You've certainly seen a lot throughout your military career from Persian Gulf to Bosnia to 9-11. I mean, think about all the different events that you've seen during your military career. Yes. So I went to from uh, counter drug. I was an 88 Mike uh, over in Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Um, got uh, a lot of experiences there, but at, throughout my career, uh, when I got commissioned, uh, went infantry, uh, and then I went through armor school uh, with the 278, deployed with them in 0405, and, um, and then shortly after that moved to uh, Joint Force Headquarters where I've had a lot of uh, different assignments here. Well, speaking of Joint Force Headquarters, it's been an exciting time here over the past few days as we're hosting Merit Badge University for the Scouts. Can you tell us a little bit about this program and, and what, what does this partnership with the Scouts mean for the National Guard? Yeah, so uh, the, National, the National Guard and the partnership with Boy Scouts, uh, we're both looking for the same uh, type people. We're, we're looking for those that with uh, integrity, those that are willing to, to stand up for uh, what right looks like. So we decided to do this after the 100th year anniversary at Boxwell um, where they brought the Middle Tennessee Council in and uh, just did a jamboree and I saw a bunch of other National Guard members there with their kids and I thought I got together with them and said we, we need to do something for the council. Uh, Middle Tennessee Council encompasses 37 counties and Fort Campbell, Kentucky and uh, this morning when we did our opening exercise we had the uh, privilege of having uh, Mr. Larry Brown, the Scout Executive, uh, here with us and, and welcoming the Scouts. And tell us exactly what is Merit Badge University? Merit Badge University, it's basically uh, takes whatever merit badges we felt like we could teach and, and provide uh, subject matter experts uh, to those. There's over 130 some odd merit badges, but we felt like we could uh, take about 20, I think there's 23 of those merit badges and teach those with 
folks like uh, General Holmes, who's an architect. He's a registered architect. Uh, we've got uh, Nick Atwood, who's our legislative liaison. He's got the boys right now, in, or the scouts, right now at the Capitol, uh, giving them a tour. Uh, so it's taking those merit badges, the things that we can teach uh, here in the military department, and uh, just giving them a unique experience. Uh, General Holmes is going to take them over to the airport to see the construction there. Uh, as I said, Nick has got them at uh, the uh, Capitol today. We've got the boys in automotive, me automotive mechanics down in a, at a field maintenance shop. Uh, so that's another great thing. We wanted to sell the National Guard. We use this as a recruiting event uh, to ensure that uh, the, uh, these youth, our future leaders, uh, know what the National Guard's all about and uh, we hope that one day that they will decide to serve their state and nation just as we are. Well, Colonel Reed, you mentioned something before we started the interview about a unique experience with one of the scoutmasters here who's actually from the Ukraine. Tell us about that experience and tell us about what that means to the scouting program here in Tennessee. So this morning during the opening exercises, um, Mr. Larry Brown, the scout executive and CEO of the Middle Tennessee Council, tried to put into perspective to the scouts of what we do as military members in uniform, uh, how we protect and defend the United States. And he used the, uh, uh, the, the war in Ukraine as an example. Uh, they are one of our uh, partner states. Um, California is actually their state partnership program. Uh, and after he mentioned that to say, hey, they're fighting you know, against Russia for their freedoms, uh, we in uniform would stand up and fight any adversary uh, that would come against us. After that meeting, I was teaching my merit badge class. We were outdoors, and a gentleman walked up to me. He said, he told me what his name was. He had the Ukrainian flag pin on his lanyard, and he said, I just want to tell you, I, th I appreciate what you, you were doing here with the Merit Badge University. Uh, he said, I am from the Ukraine. His brother-in-law is fighting on the front lines right now and told me that story. So if you don't think it's a small world, uh, when you use that example that Larry did, and then you have a scoutmaster that's here at the Merritt Badge University of about 400 people that we have total, I think we have 330 scouts, um, it's, it's, it's very humbling uh, to know that we have someone from the Ukraine that's in the Middle Tennessee Council. Uh, so I thought that was uh, noteworthy. Absolutely. Thank, thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the 1796 podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing, sharing this episode with friends, and giving us a five-star review. The 1796 podcast is produced by the Tennessee National Guard Joint Public Affairs Office. For more information, please visit www.tn.gov backslash military.